everybody. I'm Dale Sparagi, love and relationship coach and host of this podcast, New Wave Relationships, about all things relationships, relationship to self, others more than other, couples, singles, breakups, and dating. What's new in relationships and how relationships are changing and evolving especially post-COVID, post-digital, post-MeToo, and sadly to say, post-no-row versus weight. So we're talking about finding love and losing love, creating lasting love and lifestyle. I'm thinking of this as a forum for relationships. So please, if you have any burning questions, send them in. Or here's something novel. If you'd like some coaching, if you're struggling with something in your relationship and you'd be willing to do the session here so others can benefit, please email me at dale at creativecorecoaching.com. In this episode of the New Wave Relationships podcast, Dale and I will be dissecting flirting, looking at how it has changed and evolved and what it is today. We will be discussing what we think poor flirting is versus intentional and healthy flirting. For reference, we will take a look at Catherine Woodward Thomas's healthy habits, realizing that embodiment is ultimately the most inviting and authentic way of flirting after all. Hello. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, today on New Wave Relationships podcast, we are recording episode eight. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about flirting, the new perspectives in flirting, and some old perspectives in flirting. And, you know, not ways to flirt, it seems like we've realized in this whole, you know, process of me and Dale figuring out how we're talking about this and what it means. But you know, flirting embodiment and, you know, how to meet people in a way, right? Yeah. And this, um, yes, Sunny. And and this all arose from um, a listener's question, which is kind of cool. I kind of love that, that somebody sent this in and it was um, such a great question that we decided to do a whole episode on it. Yeah. And her question was, how do you flirt with people and how do you meet people? And that has to do with a couple of factors that we realized, right? It has to do with our appearance. It has to do with how we present ourselves, how we hold ourselves. Um, You know, are we in a receiving mode or an approaching mode? And what roles are we taking in doing that? And so when we were thinking about doing this episode, we got kind of confused almost in our process of understanding what we're talking about because we looked up the definition of flirting and Dale, I'm just, I'll just pass that off to you because it's very interesting. It's not what you think it is. Well, yeah, what you're saying, Sunny, is there's a lot of layers to flirting. And I'm also really curious about, and, and I think we'll get into some of that today is how has it changed you know, and how has it changed post-COVID? And you and I did a whole episode on dating and relationship changes post-COVID. So I think flirting kind of 
you know, is a, is a continuation of that. Like how has flirting changed? So that's one of the things I'd like to kind of inquire into during this discussion. But yeah, so we started by just going to Webster's and the, the definition of flirting is to behave amorously without serious intent. <laughs> and, yeah, and I thought that was interesting because um, I think about um, the, the therapist Esther Perel who wrote Mating in Captivity and how she came to this um, realization that we not only need safety and security in our relationships, but we also crave this kind of adventure and this risk, a little bit more risky, um, you know, sense and behaviors. And that's where the erotic charge comes in. So um, reading this definition, I right away thought of that. I thought of, and, and I can read, I can even read this quote, because I think it's kind of, you know, she sums this up where she says, we seek a steady, reliable anchor in our partner. Yet at the same time, we expect love to offer a transcendent experience that will, will allow us to soar beyond our ordinary lives. So the challenge for modern couples lies in reconciling the need for what's safe and predictable with the wish to pursue what's exciting, mysterious, and awe-inspiring. So that kind of brought flirting to the table for me because I could see where you're sort of, you know, there's a, a little bit less serious intent, but there's definitely um, something amorous, maybe something erotic going on. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll open it back up to you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, when we put ourselves out there in flirting to meet people, it just feels very vulnerable. It feels vulnerable on the receiving end, right? As someone, maybe you're not interested. It feels vulnerable to say no. You feel bad as well as it feels, you know, very intense and overwhelming to go towards someone and let them know that they like you. And like, why does that feel so intense? Rejection, probably being rejected. It, we can take that information of someone says no and make it about us. And that's where this vulnerable place is. So when you look at that Webster's definition about behaving amorously without serious intent, you know, it almost, it almost makes it as though flirting is, you know, you're doing it because you're, you're wanting to engage with somebody and you're, you're doing it in a casual way because maybe it lessens the blow. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think part of, you know, the the old and maybe the new form of flirting is this 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 aspect of yeah, not really knowing what's what's going to happen. That's sort of the excitement. You know, you're you're kind of like dipping your toe in the water. You know, you're putting something out there with this idea that maybe maybe not. You know, but there but there's something um in in the connection that is inspiring you and there's something in the uncertainty of that connection that could be the charge or the the excitement yeah and 
that that totally makes sense. Um, and that feels vulnerable. So our way in having this discussion right now, I think it'd be great to start talking about too with how vulnerable that feels and um how, you know, like just scary it feels to hit on people like that is what is what are we really trying to do? Because how, you know, behaving amorously to bring someone towards you is almost objectifying in a way to the person, right? Because we are almost hiding ourselves by making ourselves appear as though we are something really nice and pretty to bring someone forward when that's almost under the assumption that like, you're not really that. And I think that that is unhelpful where I think we're all beautiful people and we all deserve love. So how can we start to, you know, look at flirting as something that's really about connecting and not so much about being deceitful, trying to get someone or something, a very pickup artist strategy, which is very common nowadays that there's a lot of YouTube videos and Reddit talk about how to get women. And it's guys who identify as pickup artists and they're trying to, you know, flirt with women and approach them, but the way they do it is just very objectifying and isn't getting to the crooks of, you know, what you're really trying to do after flirting, which is connect and meet. So how do we connect and meet is the bigger question, I think. Yeah, well, I think you're, you know, I think you're onto something here. And maybe this is part of the new consciousness of flirting, you know, and you hear this word authentic, the but you know, that's a big buzzword. So maybe it's how to flirt authentically. And you're right, you know, vulnerability is also kind of a new buzzword. Like when you're in it, when you're really in it, you know, in your truth and being, you know, quote, authentic, then that's where the vulnerability comes in. So you're what you're saying, you're making that distinction between strategies and and objectifying and kind of, you know, coming in like, you know, this smooth, like with a line that's already premeditated rather than being really in the the experience like who is this what am i curious about what am i feeling right now you know being in that in that um like what am i feeling and then what's happening in the other person uh, mentalizing right being connected to you and then curious about the other so there's some skill involved there's some um, you know, like embody, like being in your body and being connected. So embodiment is what you're talking about. Being embodied. So recognizing your body, yourself, and then also being aware. So then recognizing them and themselves. And that would be in the process of meeting people and approaching people for people who are more socially anxious you know, this can be even more overwhelming. This can be super intense, especially if you really struggle with social anxiety. And we're not necessarily in this episode going to go into the steps of how you can work with that, but we're going to talk around and about that a bit so that maybe if you are someone who struggles with meeting and breathing through those experiences of talking to a new person that you're interested in is some, you know, just some framework around that. So one thing that I've been thinking about with this topic is the idea of the practical and the energetic. So 
to explain that, basically, when you are interested in somebody, there is practical things you can do to set yourself up for some success, but not success of getting the other person, but for sex, success in being yourself and engaging in something that has some excitement and feels vulnerable and helps you grow. That's a much different framework than, you know, getting somebody because you need a relationship. Relationships are great and being around people is really great, but that only feels really great when it is in alignment. So when it's really true and it's really true when you're true to yourself. So some practical things is like how we stand, right? So, you know, standing forward, standing up straight, like that, that generally helps. It helps us, you know, you know, seem in a way like we're, we're embodying ourselves, and, you know, embodying ourselves in strength as well as, you know, taking a deep breath for like when that is that, you know, you're connecting with somebody, you're remembering to breathe. I think that's super important. And, um, you know, when you do breathe with kind of noticing your posture, that can kind of have this double effect with embodiment. Because me telling somebody that, oh, yeah, you just stand up straight, brush your hair, take a shower, blah, 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 is the way you're going to do it. If you don't feel centered, all these those practicals don't really mean anything. They need to be interacting with each other. So if you feel grounded, you're probably going to appear just fine to somebody. You know, do, do you think that makes sense, Dale? Can you explain that with me a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying. I think embodiment is huge, you know, being in your body feeling what you're feeling. And, you know, this is the tricky part is you don't want to make it about you. Right. So, so getting out of that self-consciousness, you know, for people that do have that anxious attachment style, getting out of yourself and getting into the other, leaning in, right. Gee, I wonder about them. I wonder what would make them feel good. Right. I think that's it's that's a helpful trick to kind of get out of that being very self-conscious and how am how do I look and what am I doing and am I how am I coming across? If you make it about the other person, it it it's it, it helps. It helps get you out of that. You you totally caught me there, I think. I think I was talking about me um, in a way. Cause yeah, like it, yeah, we were kind of told, I think, you know, in dating that it's like, right, you get yourself out there and you look your best when you hit on somebody and like you gotta look good or it's not gonna happen. That's from a place of scarcity. That's not from a place of confidence. So working on right, embodying your true self, you know your positivity, like taking care of you in a way kind of leans forward into someone being able to then ask about the other person. And that is a, actually, if there is a good recommendation in here, asking about the other person is really great for these situations because people love to talk about themselves. And then in that time, you get to decide if that person is your style or not, someone can look really great and have nothing in common with you. And that can be kind of hard sometimes. So when you ask about what are you into? How are you? Um, what are your hobbies? And what do you like to do when you're not working? What do you do for work? What is things, things like that, right? You get to know them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think what you're also saying about the practical, it is important, you know, I mean, not to overlook, like, get yourself, you know, looking the way you want, you know, whatever that is for you, makeup, hair, clothing, you know, get that done so that you have that confidence that you don't have to worry about it, you know, and then forget it, right? Like, don't, Right. Like, don't keep obsessing about my hair and 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 my, you know, my dress. Just do it and then and then focus on the other. And yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes it gets pretty intense inside. Right. What we were talking about earlier about how, you know, being socially anxious or however hitting on people can just feel really overwhelming for anyone. Um, One thing that is in psychology is, um, and I'll try to not butcher it, but uh, desensitization training, which is the idea that you desensitize against something to where you feel comfortable around that type of stimulus. So in at least one perspective that I have in my life that really helps me, um, you know, in the dating sphere and not even in the dating sphere, but with myself is if I try to treat my dating as like an alchemy lab, my dating life, like I try to like learn new things, take risks, be curious, um, do everything I can to be honest with myself about what I'm going through. I think that when you're hitting on people or you're, you're interested in meeting people, when you do hit on people, if you treat it as a practice with respect, respecting the other, being kind, um, having boundaries and, you know, doing your best to have that be a healing experience or an integrative one at the least, it gets easier. It gets easier the more you put yourself out there in these experiences. And eventually you meet new people that could be really great friends. And, you know, you can meet people who are potential partners. So I think desensitizing can be also helpful. Yeah, that's good, Sunny. Yeah. So, so far, you know, we're kind of coming into around to this, to the the new ways of, of flirting or the new definition as, you know, being more conscious. And I love what you're saying about that. It's a practice, right? So we're, you know, kind of going into like um, the Eastern philosophy or Buddhism, right? Like life as, as practice, right? Dating as practice, so which 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 gets us to a place of not focusing on the outcome so much but being present being in the moment and and being aware and that's part of what practice is about really so so yeah that brings a certain richness and depth to flirting and takes that um sort of formulaic you know I'm going to get this person in bed, you know, kind of, um, you know, way of being or, or gesture. Definitely. And I'm thinking of the moments in my life where I've been at the bar or I've been wherever I am. And someone comes up to me and says something like objectifying versus when somebody actually has an authentic conversation with me. And the difference is really clear. When people say things that are, you know, trying to be really sly and 
you know, like the the kind of typical idea we have around flirting that can sometimes be the erotic can be arousing to where it does pull you in. And that is interesting. And they could also be like very lovely and that could be cool too. But sometimes there's this edge of objectification where it just feels really gross and it does not feel good. And then there's the other people out there, the rare ones who come up and say, Hey, I'd see my favorite band is on your shirt. I love that band. Do you like any other music like that? Like we should talk about that. Like when you get that, that's the, that's something that's really good usually. Yeah. That, and that's really about leaning in and being curious about the other. And, you know, I think too, dating has gotten harder for, for everybody, right? It's gotten more overwhelming and especially for those who are more anxious or more self-conscious, um, I think it's really important to be compassionate with yourself, like not to put that pressure on yourself, you know, like to, to make this such a big happening, but to really um, like go easy on yourself and, and, you know, don't, you don't have to be perfect and, and you can, you know, you can make mistakes and you can be vulnerable. And that's kind of part of um, the practice that's, that can become part of your practice is opening up yourself to maybe some skills that you want to work on, or maybe some ways of being um, even identity things that you're working on. Um, And, and, and by the way, the best place to work on these is in relationship, right? Not talking, not thinking, not being in your head, but out there relating to others. Yeah. And I think that um, with us talking about embodiment, one thing Dale and I have discussed on the show before is that in coaching scenes and therapy scenes a lot, or just anyone like trying to quote unquote, be a whole person. There's this idea that you must be completely whole to have love in your life and have fulfilling relationships. And pretty sure Dale and I both agree that that's kind of unhelpful. And, um, and maybe you disagree Dale, um, but I'm pretty sure you and I agree on this, that we're always a working project. And so you don't need to be perfect to be in relation. And also when you are doing self-work and self-work being not necessarily like mining in your, your brain to be able to say things right so that you are a secure person, but actually like doing that self-work, that's like doing what you love, being around people who are good for you, and practicing your own mindfulness and awareness of what your needs are, that brings you more into yourself, which that's the embodiment we're talking about, which that's not a perfect person either. Like, you know, it's a constant practice to be your whole self in relation to others and just by yourself. But I do think a really good key point to meeting and approaching is just being yourself. So if you roll over your words and say something funny, be like, yeah, I'm just, you can even say it like, yeah, I'm kind of nervous right now, but, but, um, I want to talk to you. And some people think that's really sweet, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, we are in a cultural, a culture right now with social media, with TikTok, with, 
um, Instagram, where vulnerability and transparency are very sexy. It's very attractive, right? To just reveal everything, like a, from you know the, the deepest part of your soul, make mistakes, you know, be awkward. We're in that culture right now, where it's just you know we're opening ourselves up to this. So, um, yeah, being out there in the world and really you know making mistakes, being yourself, being vulnerable, um, maybe maybe oversharing or maybe you know doing something that that um is quote wrong you know or unskillful yeah that can be very sexy it can be very cute it can be attractive i think yeah that's amazing that that's so true and with that balance where just to reference dale and i's jargon we use a lot of um attachment theory jargon and feel free to, I can put, I'll put a basic reference in the show notes about uh, what attachment theory is. Um, but I would recommend for those maybe who are on the more anxious side, like with the idea of like being your false self, you know, containing and withholding is okay. Just like for avoidant types, you know, on the other spectrum who usually withhold, you know, oversharing a bit and like really saying what you mean is okay. So there is a balance in, you know, our boundaries with what we do share when we are meeting people. Um, and I and I think that that can be really helpful. But overall, I think being yourself is like very a, a quite a successful rule and way of being in in relating. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And bringing up the attachment styles, you know, I think it's also um, another way of increasing your skill for flirting would also be to look at the habits of the securely attached. So, so the first healthy habit is assume the best of others, assuming that when you go up to approach someone, that they will be welcoming, that they will be kind. So we have a choice, right? We can project onto others that they don't like us or that they're going to, you know, do, do something to hurt us or we can't trust them, or we can assume that we are liked and that they, and that these are trustworthy people and we, and we can choose to act from there. The second one is to generate connection when connection is missing. So when you notice, and this is great, I love this one for relating because very often when I don't hear from someone immediately, I think the worst. Oh my God. You know, they, they, they don't want to be my friend anymore. They met someone else. You know, they, they, <laughs> what, they died. They moved to another country. Right. But if, if I, if I reach out, if I take the risk to say, Hey, you know, just checking in, how you doing? How's everything? You know, want to connect. I always, I mean, 99% of the time, the person is is really happy, you know, like they were busy or they, you know, they just didn't, you know, they weren't able to 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 get to me. So so connecting and generating that connection when that's not there is a is a super important habit when you're working on becoming this 
securely attached person. So I'll stop. There's two more. But if you have anything to add, Sonny, or you want to comment on these first two. So assuming the best of others and having that be from a place of choice, that to me gives this ability to allow ourselves to feel like confident. Um, Because when we assume that you know, people will just reject us and that nobody understands us. We're misunderstood. You know, people will constrict me. People will attack me. I'm a problem. I'm not worthy. We doubt ourselves to the point where we can embody those thoughts. And that is when we're being someone we're not. Because I, I, you know, I think people are all made of love and are beautiful. So Let's try to assume that the people that we're talking to are that as well to give the chance of opportunity. And if the opportunity is not there in that way, then that's just not your person. You know, and I think that's fair. So, you know, when you choose to be curious instead of, and, you know, curious and explorative instead of assuming the worst, it is very true that, you know, just people with insecure attachment issues will just tend to in like not even relational circumstances but in general life circumstances to believe they have bad outcomes that is something that changing that a lot helps in dating and the second one being like generating connection when connection is missing um moving from an estrangement to engagement i think that that's another great way of choosing to connect because if you don't see yourself connecting in some areas, there is a possibility, like in our, I think it's our second episode, a designer relationship lens. If you don't connect in one area, you may connect in others really well. And not all of our partners are meant to meet all of our needs, right? Some, may, maybe your goal is to have somebody who can meet all of your needs, but that that could be a dicey area of relating. That could be really difficult. And Dale can go into that maybe in a second. But yeah, look for those um, look for those cookies in the other person that you both love to eat and talk about that. That's a great way to meet somebody and build rapport. Yeah, and and you know these are all so rich, and there's all you know there's so much we can say about each of these habits. Uh, we will put a reference to this, but the the generating connection, I, I also think, is something that again. When you're on the shy side, when you're on the anxious side, you sort of rely on others to do that, right? I mean, I remember when I, you know, I was very shy and I went through a stage where I would go to a party and um, kind of sit in the corner, not really looking at any, not making eye contact. And then I would leave the party and I would go, wow, you know, nobody talked to me. And it was so, you know, and I was so unconscious about what I was generating, my energy, you know, of course, why would anyone talk to me? I was sitting in the corner, not making, you know, not connecting with anybody. Now I I realize that. So when I go to a party, you know, I, I will stand up. I will make eye contact. I will look around. I will smile. I will take responsibility for generating connection and not expect others just to, you know, come up to me 
So I think that that's a big one. And then the third one, extending empathy. So we've been talking about that. You know, make it about the other person. Be curious. Be interested. Lean in. You know, like, how are you? What's going on with you? Ask questions. Get out of your self-consciousness and, and get in, get intrigued and curious about the other. So that's really about, you know, empathy, being attuned, you know, tuning in that word attuned, like what is, what's their energy like? And then, and then the fourth one is caring about your impact on others. And this is a big one because again, in our unconsciousness, and our self-consciousness, often we're so caught up in, in, in us that we're not aware of our impact on others. So, you know, back to me at that party, I didn't realize, like, you know, with me not leaning in and being curious, that had an impact. Like, people were not interested in me because I wasn't interested in them. So... So realize that that how you behave, how you relate, your energy impacts others, and and be aware of how that ha- what that is like. Totally, yeah. I think the one of the yeah extending empathy, right? And another like a choice in that would be from apathy to attunement, right? And I think the biggest thing is when I hear attunement, that's important for me as someone who has felt in the past uh, misunderstood, is that it's different when somebody approaches you with an actual like curiosity versus one to get a need for them. So attunement being like, like I see your rock band shirt. I love that band. I think that's like so cool. Um, And I'm curious, like, why do you like them? Right. Things like that. Instead of about like, you know, oh, like you look really cool. And um, I want you to go see this rock show with me because that would make me feel good. And like, yeah, you seem pretty cute. That's like a hard example to really work with, but attuning to an actual curiosity. And then when you're actually in relationship, this is like where maybe it's easier to explain this way, but when you are dating somebody or you have a best friend and they have a need from you, if you're meeting it the wrong way, that is a lack of attunement. And that's not something to feel bad about. That's just something to clarify. So if somebody's, you know, self, you know, if somebody's need when they're sad is to receive care from their partner, if you, instead of doing like, um, like maybe they always want soup when they're depressed Instead of doing that, you like really pull them to go do something, something like that you think makes you feel good, like go to the movies. That's missing attunement. So attuning when you're meeting is kind of hard sometimes, but when you can can go for that, like that's super cool. Um, And then, yeah, on the fourth one with your impact on others, I think that goes really deeply into this shift in our culture we can accept of are you flirting with somebody because they're an object and meeting some insecurity for you? And what impact does that have on somebody else versus actually like meeting in integrity 
And then with your impact, if you notice off the mat, somebody is like, like totally opposite of you, but you go in any way because that makes you feel good. That's on you. If hypothetically they were one type of political party, you know, comrade and you're the other, and you know, that's a red flag, but you say yes, that has an impact on both of you. So I think trying to be truthful and integrity of like, oh, you know, I've talked to you tonight and actually I don't think we got a vibe, but it was great meeting you like own that so that you don't have this, you know, kind of deceitful impact hitting each other later. Right. I think it really does put you in integrity when you say, you know, I don't think we're a match or, you know, I'm not feeling the chemistry or we're being clear, you know, being clear with people feels responsible and conscious and in integrity and, um, and sharing that impact, you know, it can be on a small scale like that, right? Like someone who you barely know and may not want to know, or it can go really deep with a partner, you know, like taking the time to find out what does give, what does soothe them when they're sad, right? I mean, that's important information. If you're with someone in a relationship and you, and you don't know how to comfort or soothe them, you know, then, then something's off there, right? These are, these are core needs in relationships. So it's up to us when we're in a relationship to be, you know, in connection and in in closeness with a person to find these things out. Yeah, I think that was really well put and really well said. Would you like to take a pause? Yeah, let's do that. Let's take a pause. back from that short pause and so far we've had a pretty good discussion about all things flirting and Dale and I just wanted to finish up with some of our thoughts and ideas finishing on the topic and I've talked about desensitization training which is basically practice makes perfect as well as being yourself and generally Dale and I have discussed practicing embodiment and doing what you can to you know, embodying your full self in that way. And one thing that I forgot to touch on that I think is important that if you can't seem to find your people or your person, I'm just wondering where you're looking. Because if you go to the bar where people are, you know, drinking a lot and more in that type of drunken state for attunement and you're struggling to find that, that's something to really think about is what's bringing you to those type of places. Or if it's not somewhere like that, like if you are a part of your and you go to a library and you're looking there, what's bringing you there. So I just want to say that if you go to places that you enjoy, you know, that feel in alignment for you, that's probably a good bet for where you're going to find people who align similarly to you. And I just wanted to give that 
word out there because um, there is definitely this where aspect of like, where are the people? Nobody works for me and I can't find them. Well, it's like, well, where are you looking? Right. And, and being in an environment where you have some, you know, relationship to or passion to or purpose already, that's a start to feel, you know, relaxed and grounded and open which is another quality, you know, of, of flirting. And, um, you know, I think just to sort of conclude about all this post COVID, there's a lot of changes and listen to our episode, you know, we go more into, into depth on this, but I think one of the changes is we have gotten, we have gone deeper and we have a deeper appreciation for connection and relating and relationships. And I think flirting, you know, comes into play here, you know, in this new way of, in this new way of appreciating um, after being isolated. And, um, you know, there, there's this wonderful therapist, many of you may know him, Daniel Siegel, who, um, who is also a scientist and he talks a lot about the brain. And he, he, he really shows in his work, um, the interpersonal neurology, neurobiology of relating how our brains are really wired. We are wired for relationships and being in this interpersonal space. So the more you put yourself out there and the more skills you actually learn around this, because you know, a lot of us, you know, haven't had these models for us. So the more skills that you can acquire and the more embodiment you can have, the more consciousness, the better all of your um, flirting connection and relationships will be. Totally. And to finish with that, it's like being wired for personal connection and that being something that would be friendly and connective. And the point of flirting isn't about flirting and doing that necessarily well and getting the person, but the, the point of the action, the, the intention behind flirting is to be connective. So maybe it would be more helpful to focus on where you're connecting versus what you're doing. And that will contribute into how you you're being. And I think that being compassionate in that process will give you all the more strength to be able to be curious and move out there because the world is very stimulating and very intense right now. So it almost makes with how, with how just intense everything feels in the world at this time in my life, I think connection is like this really beautiful gem, a renewable resource that is out there that we can find in mind. And work with and be with when things are so crazy. So it's almost the best time to be dating in how intense everything is because it's just that much more sacred and special. And thank you listener for your question that that sparked this really fun and interesting dialogue and thank you for joining us as we kind of discovered some things about how flirting's changed and um, what it's come to, what its new form. Very good. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Sunny.
If you would like to join the conversation, please email Dale and I questions at sunny.nwrpodcast at gmail.com relating to anything dating and relationships. Please tune in with us every time we upload for more integrative conversations relating to the self and other. If you are interested in Dale Sparagi's relationship coaching, please email her at dale at creativecorecoaching.com for private coaching sessions. Don't forget to follow our Instagram and Facebook at New Wave Relationships Podcast. We hope you join us next time for New Wave Relationships.